Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. Let's join Pastor Paul Carlson for today's message. We've been uh, talking for a few weeks, you know, I was looking for how to go into the new year and thought there's no better way I know to go into the new year than in faith. So we've been taking some time the last few weeks and just talking about faith and what faith is, you know, and and in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, it says that by grace you're saved by faith. Hallelujah. That's a good thing. So you know what? People get saved. There it is. You get saved by faith. And sometimes people get saved and that's where it stops. But God never intended faith to stop when you get saved. How does that work? How do you get saved by faith? Well, you know how there's many, it plays out in different ways, but basically in life you become aware, you hear about how much God loves you. You hear that He sent Jesus and He paid the price for, you know, our our sin and all that. And you see that and you say, you know what? I received that by faith. God never intended faith to just stop the day you got saved. He intended that you would live by faith. That you'd live by faith in every arena, no matter what it is. You know, you know the, the best time to use faith is right now. If things are going really well in your life, start acting in faith right now. I mean, if, 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 uh, if crisis is in your life, I tell you, you need to start acting in faith right now. Wherever you're at, make a determination, I'm going to live by faith. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, the great scripture, it says this, that we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. I like to say this, that faith, for faith to be strong in any of our lives, faith has to become a lifestyle. It has to become a lifestyle. It has to become a way we live. You know, second nature. Well, we're approaching things, not in our own strength, but we're approaching them in God's strength. We're approaching things, I'm living like the death, burial, and resurrection actually happened. I'm living like God actually loves me, and he's on my side. I, I, I so can see that Paul, the apostle, caught these things. And he said things like, wow, you know, just, you know he's just putting his coffee down, having his meditation time anywhere. And he stands up and he says, wow, if God before me, who could be against me? It's like Brother Keith said, like I was telling you that Dana heard him say, I make every day my occupation to, to live in the reality that God loves me. Wow. I want to do that. That's how I want to live life. You know what? When you, when you have a revelation that God is for you, that God loves you, it's living by faith. That's living by faith. That would give a good definition to living by faith. 1 Timothy 6, 12, it says this. It says that to fight the good fight of faith, lay hold. Can you say lay hold? On eternal life. 
Now, eternal life just doesn't mean life in heaven. The word there, eternal life, uh, you know, they use a word like eternal in Old English. And, you know, not many people speak Old English. But in Old English, when they use the word eternal, they used it as a name for God, meaning he's the eternal one. So really what Paul's saying here is, is fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on the God life. Lay hold, and the word there in the Greek is the word zoe, lay hold on zoe life. Lay hold on it. Now, you know, if you're born again and you've received what Jesus has done for us, you have zoe life living on the inside of you. But sometimes people have it just mustered away. Have you ever heard those stories about people that live in this little shack and, and, and they, they, they live and they die and they come and they find these people? You know, there's one person in particular that Brother Hagen told a story about and I've heard it retold by other people. But they discovered that this person that everybody thought was living in, in just poverty, well, they found out that they had amassed riches Thousands, tens of thousands of dollars was in their possession even when they died, but yet they lived a lifestyle that was just, you know, it, it, they were living under a bridge pretty much. But they didn't have to. They didn't have to because they had this, they had the goods. Let me tell you something this morning. You and I have the goods. You and I say, I've got the goods. Here it says, Paul says this, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on the God kind of life, whereunto you're called and have professed a good profession among many witnesses. You and I are called to live the God kind of life right here on the earth. But it is a fight. It is a fight. Everyone is in a fight. Sometimes people are in a fight and they just lay down and the fight just goes, runs right over them. But, but, you know, the kind of fight we're talking about is one where we stand up. The kind of fight we're talking about is a good fight. It's a fight of faith. It's a fight where the cards are stacked in our favor. It's a fight where the battle has been won, and we're just going to walk in the victory that, that's already been won for us. In Ephesians 6 and 10, I'm bringing us up to where we left off. It says, in conclusion, I'm reading out of the Phillips Bible. In conclusion, be strong, not in yourselves, but in the Lord. In the power of His boundless resource, put on God's complete armor so that you can successfully resist all the devil, devil's methods of attack. For I expect you've learned by now our fight is not against any physical enemy. It's against organizations and powers that are spiritual. We're up against the unseen power that controls this dark world and spiritual agents from the very headquarters of evil. Therefore, you must wear the whole armor of God that you may be able to resist evil in its day of power, and that even when you fought to a standstill, you may still stand your ground. That's a lot of reading, but I'm telling you what, that's some good stuff. And it's saying this, that there is a fight out there. But what we're called to do is win. How do you win? You win by standing up. You win by standing on the finished work of Christ. In John 16, 3, Jesus said this. He says, These things I have spoken unto you, that you, in me you might have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation. Isn't that a bummer? He said that in this world we're going to have to have tribulation. There's going to be 
problems in this world. Uh, don't you just love it when the pastor preaches about that you're going to have problems? Oh, my goodness. Well, Jesus said it. He said, in this world, you're going to have tribulations. But don't be, you know, don't, don't go half-baked on this. Read the whole scripture. He says this. He says, you'll have tribulations, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. All the things that you and I are facing, I'm telling you what, the victory's been won. Be of good. How can you do that? Be of good cheer. Well, it depends where you put your eyes. You can get bummed out any day, any day of the week. You know, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, any day. But I'll tell you what, choose what you look at. Choose what you listen to. Choose what you put your focus on. Some people in life are drowning in the bathtub. And all they need to do is stand up. All you need to do is stand up. Maybe you could say this. Maybe they need to pull the plug. Huh. But I'll tell you what. Standing up in life is what we're called to do. John 15, 7. Jesus' words again. These are red letter words. Jesus said this. He said, if you'll abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask what you will. And it'll be done for you. You'll ask what you will. And it'll be done for you. If you abide in me. And my words abide in you. There's something about having God's word. Abiding in our hearts. Something about it. That puts us over in life. Something about having God's word in our heart. That brings the tiger out of our tank. That causes us to reign in life that causes us to stand and fight the good fight of faith having God's word in our heart F.F. Bosworth I know the ladies are reading uh, his book I think it's maybe chapter 2 or 3 he says this quote he says this that it would be impossible for a farmer to have faith for a harvest before he was sure there was seed planted in the field isn't that the truth you can't have faith for a harvest of any kind unless you first got seed planted in the field God's Word is a seed. Putting God's Word in our heart gives us hope for the harvest. Putting God's Word in our heart gives us the ability to stand whatever comes. You know, if a farmer went out and planted seed in the field, you know, he could come in at the dinner table that night and say, well, the harvest is insured. It's coming. It's on the way. They have no physical sign. Does the ground look any different you know, from the natural, if you look at the ground after the seed's been put in it, can you see that seed? No, you can't see it. You can't. But a farmer could come in and have, have absolute assurance that's, that things are going to be changing in the months to come. Things are going to be shaken, man. I tell you what, some ground is going to be breaking and there's going to be things bursting forth. And I have this all because I know there's seed in the ground. God's Word is a supernatural seed. It's called the incorruptible seed. We get His Word in our heart. And I'm telling you what, things are never going to be the same. Things are going to change. Sometimes people have missed that point. They've missed that point. You know, you, you know we come to church. Well, you know, I'll get dressed, I'll go to church, you know. and Yeah, praise the Lord, glory to God. Hey, everybody's, you know, they're walking in faith. How come this faith stuff's not working for me? 
important element. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you'll, what do you'll have? What you say? You'll have what you're desiring. The things that you're believing for are going to come to pass. You're going to be able to fight the fight of faith. You can't fight this thing on your own. You can't just by determination say, I'm going to fight. Bless God. I'm going to fight. Bah. You won't win that way. In over in another place in 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, it says that you, know, that you can't win this battle. You can't fight this fight with carnal means. Now, I know I didn't exactly quote it, but that's what it says in 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. It says we don't fight with natural weapons. We don't fight with carnal means, but we fight with things that God's given us. This is how you fight this fight. You get his word in you. If I was facing a challenge in life and I've faced a few, well, hopefully, and this is what I've usually done, and if I haven't, then a couple days down the road, Dana said, Paul, what are you believing? What have you put in your heart? What are you standing on? You see, I can't fight a fight of faith. Just, yeah, yeah, got on my faith suit today. I'm ready to fight the battle. No, it doesn't work like that. You get his word on the inside of you. You know, if it were sickness, you know, I'd go to the word. And, and you know, crazy me, what I would do is I'd look for a scripture on healing. <laughs> now, maybe you want to look for another one. Probably it might work for you. I usually, I've gone and I've looked for scriptures that speak to the thing I'm facing. You know, I don't have anything I'm facing. Man, enjoy that moment, okay? <laughs> enjoy that moment. But then, you know, maybe it'd be a good time to just, just build your faith on God's love for you, on his love for you. Start just, just constantly being meditating on things about that God loves me, that he's for me, not against me. You know, sometimes we, we've got the enemy shirt on the wrong guy. You know, but God is on your side. Hallelujah. What were we talking about? Faith. Talking about putting seed in the ground. Mark 11. Let's turn there. Mark chapter 11. 11.23 and 11.24. Jesus, again, speaking here, just prior to the, these classic verses in 11:23 and 24, you know, uh, Jesus had, had cursed the fig tree, you know, we've, we've read that. 22, he says, have faith in God, have the God kind of faith. And then in verse 23, he says this, that for verily I say unto you that whoever... Whoever shall say to this mountain, Be removed, be cast in the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but believe those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Amazing. Then you read, you read on in verse 24, he says, Therefore I'm saying unto you, What things soever you desire, do you desire anything today? He says, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. What I want to tell you today is this, that faith works by saying, and faith works by praying. 
Okay? Faith works by saying and faith works by praying. In Mark eleven twenty three, Jesus is telling us how faith works. Whosoever works for anybody, they'll just say to this mountain, believing in their heart that the things they say will come to pass, they'll have whatever they say. Didn't say one word about praying. All he talked about was saying. So in Mark eleven twenty three, we can see that faith works by saying it. In Mark eleven twenty four, Jesus said, Whatever things you're desiring when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. So in Mark eleven twenty four, what he talks about is praying. That faith the principles of faith work in both arenas by saying things and by praying things. Now I'm going to go back to Bosworth, F.F. Bosworth. So glad those, the women are reading that book. How many times have I mentioned that book over the years? My goodness. And it's just a classic. It's good. But he said this. This is just so profound. He said, for seed to do its job, it must be kept in the ground. <laughs> All right, think about that a minute. For a seed to do its job, it must be kept in the ground. So we've said, first of all, to believe for a harvest, it would be step one, you've got to put seed in the ground. Step two, for the seed to do its job, it has to be kept in the earth. Now, I may have told this before, but back in the day when the kids were younger, there was, they, they, did, they did everything. They went to a public school. They went to private school. They went to homeschool. Probably the most we did was homeschooling. But Dana was faithful and, you know, did the stuff that needed to be done to get him some education. And um, every now and then I'd get a class to do, you know. I was not a good homeschool teacher dad kind of person Dana really pulled the weight on it but every now and then I'd do something and one thing she gave me was some science stuff and and uh, so I remember a science lesson that we did one time is is we took a, a, a an egg crate and carton you know those dozen egg things and and we uh, we planted in there so got some good dirt and we planted a seed in, in every one of those 12 egg you know, places in the carton. And the idea of this experiment was is we were going we to chart the growth of a seed. So what you do is you planted them and you watered them and you put them in the sunshine. And, and at, in certain intervals, you'd take one of those little things and you'd tear it apart and you'd see how much the seed had developed. And, and uh, then a little while later, a week later or so, you'd open up another one. And you'd say, well, look at that. Would you look at that? So, you know, as we were approaching this experiment, you know, I'd done a little reading about it, and I found that lima seed beans were really um, a good, fast-growing seed. So I went down to the garden store, and I got myself a pack of lima seeds, lima bean seeds. I kind of like lima beans anyway, but, but I got this pack of lima bean seeds, and I'm telling you what, it was literally weeks those seeds sat in the packet on top of the microwave in our kitchen. And you know what happened in that whole week? Nothing. Were they bad seeds? No, they were good. They were premium lima bean seeds. Had to look. Got them at Frank's Garden Center over in Minneapolis. 
And, and, and I'm telling you, they paid, paid top dollar, 69 cents for that pack of seeds. <laughs> Fast growing lima green bean seeds and all that, you know. But sitting on that microwave for one, two weeks possibly, not one thing happened. A little dust on the cover, that's it. But you know, we, as we proceeded, we, we took some good black dirt and we laid it out across those, the, that egg shells, you know, the egg carton. And we took each one and we put, a, put them seeds down in the dirt. And we covered them up. And you know what? We watered them. You've got to water these things. We know that, right? Don't we know that? Put the word in and you water it. And then we put it where they'd get some sunlight. You know, and then, then as the days rolled by and, and the schedule came, we took the first one and we opened it up. And you know, just with nothing happening on the outside, we could see this, that some sprouts were happening underneath the surface. And then we went on and moved on to the next one. And you know, boy, it was amazing. They just got bigger and bigger the more time. So, and you know, seeds will grow at different rates. I noticed that. I noticed, I forget, was it number 11? I think it was number 11 in our, our carton of eggs. Number 11, for some reason, I'm telling you, he shot way up higher than any of them. They all came out of the same packet, went in the same dirt, had the same water, had everything, but number 11 just shot up like, like it belonged to Jack or something, you know? <laughs> and, and it was crazy. I like to say this, you know that Jack never slew a giant until he planted seeds. Um, but, but so, so, so those seeds every day would, or every few days, whatever the schedule was, we'd open them up. Here was the other thing that I noticed in this experiment. Every time we opened up one of the egg, you know, container things that had the seed in it, in the dirt, and every time we examined one, you know what happened? They quit growing. They quit growing. For seed to do its job, it's got to be kept in the ground. So here's the deal. We're talking about faith. We're talking about fighting the fight of faith. We're talking about standing in faith. Here's what's happened many times. Mark 11:24. Jesus, words of Jesus, can it get any better? He said, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. Okay? Here's what's happened. We've prayed. Lord, you see my heart. You see the desire. I'm believing right now. When do, what happens when you're sitting here praying? You're believing you're believing before you see anything. That's how faith works. You believe it before you see it. Now, according to Mark eleven twenty four, when you're standing here praying, believing, do you have it? Or do you see it? I'm saying that. Should I say that? Can you see what you're, you're praying for? Probably not. Okay? When you're standing here praying in faith in the natural realm it doesn't look like you have what you're praying and believing for but then Jesus said if you stand here praying those whatever things you desire when you pray believe you receive them he said then you shall then you shall have them what sometimes we've missed 
is that from the time here where it says, what things soever you desire, when you pray, when you pray, believe you receive. When do I believe I receive them? When I have them? No, I believe I receive them when I'm praying. Then you shall. What does shall mean? Shall is maybe, could be in the future a little bit, right? He says, you shall have them. So over here is where I have them. Over here is where I believe I receive them. But from here to there, there's a space in between. And you know what that space in between is called? It's called the fight of faith. It's called the fight of faith. When you pray and you believe you receive it, and I shall have them, Jesus said. In between here is the fight of faith. It's the time you stand. This is the time when it's so important that you keep your seed in the ground. You keep your seed in the ground. This is where I've missed it before. I know many people have missed it. If you've missed it before like this, it doesn't mean you're a spiritual reject. What does it mean? It means, hey, I've fallen and I can get up. God will lift me up. The righteous man will fall seven times, but God will raise him up again. If you've fallen in your faith, if you've never had a faith crash before, my guess would be is you've never believed God for very much. Ouch. Pastor, be nice. I'm being honest, okay? The truth is, none of us can lose. What's the worst that could happen? What's the worst that can happen? In Hebrews chapter 11, it says there's people there that were mentioned in the hall of faith. You know what the hall of faith is? Hebrews chapter 11 starts off talking, you know, about faith. And then it goes in, it talks about Moses and Abraham and Samson and all these guys that just were superheroes of faith. People that, you know, goodness, this was before Marvel comic books, but I'm telling you, it was real. And they believed God and saw supernatural, miraculous things, so much so that the writer of Hebrews wrote this hall of fame, so to speak, of people of faith. And then somewhere down towards the end of the chapter, not quite, but almost, it says this, and then there were these that actually died in faith and didn't even see the end of their promise. Really? I thought that was the end. No. Hey, they died in faith and didn't even see the end of their promise. They didn't lose. They didn't lose. You can't lose. This, is, this, is, this fight of faith thing is so cool because... You can't lose. But from the time you believe to the time you actually have it in your hands, in the natural, there's this gap in between called the fight of faith. And what you do between here and there affects how you're going to get it here. It affects how long it's going to take. Children of Israel didn't need to walk around for 40 years in the wilderness, but they had seed and they kept picking it up and looking at it. Put it in the ground, pick it up and look at it. God, well, God will show himself faithful. And whoo, yeah, glory to God. Water came out of the rock. Woo. Ah, man. Wish we were back in Egypt. That's plucking the seed right out of the ground. That's taking it and looking at it, dusting it all off. Well, look at the root. Would you look at the root? Would you look at the root on that thing? Man, I bet it's about four inches long. I tell you, if I'd have left it in the ground another day or two, would have seen the thing popping out. Don't quit believing 
You know, in, in, in the oil fields, they had a saying. It says, don't quit 50 feet from a gusher. You know, they drill for oil, and they drill for oil, and uh, nothing's happening, nothing's happening. All I saw was a gopher running out of that hole I was drilling in, you know. And What's going on here? I think I'm, I'm missing it. And they quit. They say, don't quit 50 feet from a gusher. Don't throw in the towel. Keep standing in faith. How long do I stand? Well, in my illustration, you, sta- you start standing when you pray, and you don't quit standing until you have it. That's how long. Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. To partner with this ministry or for any additional information, please visit libertychristiancenter.org.